As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Another episode of Football and Grits. It is Monday, September 13th. And if it's Monday, that means we're talking SEC on the Andy Staples and Friends podcast feed. I am your host, David Ubbin, with the man they named the feed after, my co-host, Andy Staples. Uh, Andy, uh, some people across the SEC had a better weekend than others. Uh, how, how was your uh, uh, week two of college football? It was a very exciting week two. I, it I, was. I don't know that it was as exciting for me as it was of, for the people of Fayetteville, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it was it was highly entertaining. I I was very impressed with with several teams, and the it, the main takeaway I had as I watched what Arkansas did to Texas and what Mississippi State did to NC State, and thought back to what Ole Miss did to Louisville, and then watched LSU kind of struggle a little bit with McNeese State is. There's probably going to be a pretty good team that finishes seventh in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. That would that would be pretty good in in almost any other division, but is probably going to finish dead ass last in the SEC West. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely true. I, I think it, we sort of smelled that out in the preseason that you know, other than Vandy, who now is making me question that uh, somewhat, I guess. There's Don't not let it really question gonna... that. They still lost by 20 to, uh, to East yeah. Tennessee State. Now, There's only going to be I, one the... team in the SEC that really is is uh, uh, something of a walkover. And we'll see what the Vandy team looks like when we get to November. We'll see what other teams look like. But should we start in Arkansas, Andy, uh, for our, our new I SEC think we takeaways? For our new SEC takeaways column, I started there. Um, you know, before the season, I was able to sit down with, with, uh, with Sam Pittman uh, and, and some other hogs and, and some other folks, and Sam Pittman was, was pretty bullish on his team. He felt like he had earned their trust. He was pretty trust. hoggish on his team? Yeah, that's probably more, more accurate, yeah. <laughs> he, was no, he was neither bullish nor steerish. The steers, uh, they had a rough the weekend. steers didn't, didn't have a great weekend uh, no. with the hogs. The post-game trolling uh, was uh, uh, well done from Arkansas. To the victor go the spoils, uh, as they say. But he was he was pretty confident. You know, he felt like he he really liked this team. Um, you know, they're bigger, faster, stronger than they were a year ago, and and he liked the buy-in. He liked how they practice, and he felt like they could be really physical. But I, I, you know, I, I don't want to speak for him necessarily, but I think for myself, and I don't know, I don't know about you. I did not envision a scenario where Arkansas just bullied Texas for 60 minutes, ran for 333 yards, got pretty much whatever they wanted, and really frustrated Texas. I I thought Arkansas had a shot to win this game. I wouldn't have been surprised if they had won it. I did not envision them winning it this handily. I did think Texas would win it somewhat comfortably, um, but this scenario was not on my dartboard of possibilities. Well, what did you make of, of the Hogs' uh, Really, I mean, this is the biggest win for them, goodness, in a long time. Certainly since the Bielema era, we, I'd have to go back and, and think about it. It's been probably, a long time. Probably since the last time they beat Texas. Well, no, they beat LSU maybe the in Tennessee, Maybe the Tennessee game in 07, 08, when game day was there. That might have been their biggest win. Oh, no, win. no. They've, 
they they've they they beat LSU. Probably should have chased off less miles than LSU was going to fire him, and then uh, people who hadn't been paying attention at LSU came in and said, "How could you fire less miles?" And then he got <laughs> a reprieve for a little bit. But no, I mean, they maybe had early some big Petrino wins era. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, look, they had the borderline erotic game against Texas, thirty-one-seven. Yeah, but that's a, te- that's a that's a bowl game. I, I don't know. A Texas Bowl, I, I don't think it means as much as – I mean, I, I can't remember the last well, time the, the Arkansas The Petrino teams never beat anybody of consequence, though. They, they won the games they were supposed to win, but they got smoked yeah. by, by Alabama and LSU when, when they were good. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think this is the biggest win in a long, long time. Maybe – yeah, maybe since that 06 season when they won the West, they just looked amazing – completely bulldozed Texas up front. And, you know, Texas looked really good against a good, well-coached team the previous week. You know, Mm -hmm. Louisiana had been, you know, winning a ton. They brought back almost everybody. And Texas made it look easy against them. And so I was very surprised at how easy it was for Arkansas. And, you know, now you've got Steve Sarkeesian getting the same kind of questions that, that Tom Herman got. Like, are you sure you know which quarterback you want to play and all that <laughs> stuff? Sam Pivot's not getting any of that. You know, K.J. Jefferson, I think, interesting the way he kind of frames his own story where he wasn't sure what was going to happen with him. And then Felipe Franks kind of helped him figure out, hey, you can be the leader of this team. And I, I think it's a great story and, and just – you think about all those guys at Arkansas, the, the bumper pools, the Grant Morgans. Uh, there was a great video of Grant Morgan's wife running onto the field and, and jumping into his arms at the end of the night last night. And it was just so much pure joy. And you think about all these all these guys have been through. They, they've been through a couple of co- – like Grant Morgan started out playing for Brett Bielema. And, you know, they've been through that. The Chad Morris era, which was absolutely horrific for them. And you saw the seeds of what it could be with Sam Pittman last year. But the thing was, we, we kept saying this. The schedule's so hard, are you even going to notice if, the, if they're improved? Mm-hmm. Well, well, they noticed that. We game. noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the things that, that Sam said to me that you can see in, in that story is you don't have to have the most talent. You just have to have the best team. A bunch of that comes through trust, and we've got it. I'm not sure there's a quote that more easily encapsulates. Uh, you know, if you stacked up Texas's recruiting rankings and you stacked up Arkansas, say, or rankings, or one more damning for Texas over the last ten years. Also, yes. <laughs> also, yes. Um, you know, I don't know that you'd have you know something that that really more perfectly encapsulates. I mean, Arkansas was the better team. They looked it in the trenches. They looked it in the outside. They looked it under center. I mean. Was there a single position where you felt like Texas had the advantage on Arkansas? I'm, I don't. I didn't see one. No, because you'd think it would be Bijan Robinson, but it wasn't. No. I mean, Arkansas's backs were were fantastic. Four different backs got in the end zone. A uh, big night for them. I just think you know it's amazing to me, and I, and I think the funny thing about all this is Sam Pittman. Uh, in the process of doing this, I think he's kind of screwing over a lot of new coaches in the SEC because everybody comes in and they preach patience. They say, patience, give us some time. We got to get our guys in there. We got to do all this. We got to do that. We got to do this, you know, and then we'll get there. You know, be patient, be patient. I know a lot of fan bases have heard this across the SEC. Meanwhile, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who inherited a worse situation than Sam Pittman did at Arkansas. And then he endures a COVID year where he doesn't even get a spring practice. He doesn't get to be around his team. And they're in the top 25 now, Andy, in week three of year two. <laughs> uh, so every time a coach preaches patience from here until what eternity, Andy, <laughs> uh, patience is not on long supply in the sec. And well, it's no, amazing and, and, but the thing is, done. Mike Leach has got Mississippi State two and zero. They yeah. had a huge win. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were ooing and eyeing over over Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss after they de- destroyed Louisville. Uh, we knew they were going to destroy Austin P, but you know, we'll see what happens with them. But that's the thing: all those guys who came in last year in the West came in and had success, some success. Right, away. the Leach thing took a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but he seems to have it where he wants it now. We know Lane has it where he wants it now. We know Sam has it where he wants it now. The the 
I'd say the person who might be under the most pressure based on all this stuff is Ed Orgeron. Mr. Coach o, I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. I, there's not – I'm trying to think. I mean, if there, anything below third place in the West, and even third place in the West – He's going to have a tough time answering for that at the end of the season. And you look at, I mean, it is a it is a snake pit. The West, you there every single week. Everyone's going to be able to beat you, except for Bama, probably. <laughs> but well, but okay. It is but let me rough. let me ask you this. Yes, you watch Texas A and M against Colorado. Mm-hmm. Is Texas A and M Arkansas a foregone conclusion? Yeah, I don't. Texas A so. and M and nobody is because the the, the way yeah, that they Texas A and M Ole Miss is not a foregone conclusion. No. Texas A and M Mississippi State not a foregone conclusion. Texas A and M Auburn not a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of those where when Haynes King went down and we we didn't know what Haynes King was going to be either, so we we had a very limited sample size with him. But you know, with Zach Calzada, may, maybe he gets better. He certainly got better as that game went on, but. Texas A and M is going to have to rely an awful lot on its defense to get it through, which is crazy because it's got an offensive guru head coach. Like, yeah, they should let's, be better offensively. Let, let's t- let's tackle the Aggies. Who? Uh, I'll be honest, I, I didn't think at any point in that ball game that A and M was going to lose that game. I figured they'd find a way. They're just so much better than Colorado. We don't know what to make of Colorado. I, I was. I was, I was thinking I like it was it. a little little tight there <laughs> before that last touchdown. I mean, it was pretty yeah. pretty bad. They, after, they could well, not I will move say the ball. After the, after the fumble, after the uh, the uh, after the fumble at the goal line, I was getting, I was wondering if this was not what it was meant to be. But one to ten, Andy, how how would you describe your your own concern level for A and M being what it can be this year? I suppose ten. Ten? Come on now! Yeah, come on no. now! No, I am, I, I, I'm back to square one. With okay, it. T- okay. So give me your case for why your why your concern level is a ten because I'm at maybe like a six, maybe even a five. They scored one touchdown against Colorado. <laughs> okay, they have to is play Alabama. Case? They have okay. to play Auburn. They have to play LSU. They have to play the Arkansas team that we saw crush Texas. They have to play Mississippi State, which beat NC State, which is better than Colorado. Like, this is not a very positive development for the Aggies. And that said, they did win. Mm-hmm. They can fix it all. There's there's plenty of, of cushion and time to fix it. But it is definitely cause for concern. I mean, look, you play like that, you have no chance against Alabama. None at all, and you're trying this. You're supposed to be proving to us that you're not four touchdowns worse than Alabama. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we need to see. But nothing about what we saw on Saturday suggests that they are any better than four touchdowns worse against Alabama. Fair enough. Now here's where I will I will say we got to calm down on the Aggies. Uh, This same Texas A&M team, for the most part. I mean, obviously some pieces, but this team last year. The, f- the four-year starting quarterback and four-fifths of the offensive line? The same team? That one? Well, okay. Sure. But the same team struggled out of the gate with Vanderbilt last year. They, they, they are not a team that blows teams away. They are teams that can suffocate really, really good teams, with the exception of pretty much Alabama, maybe a couple others if they have a bad day. Now, I will say, uh, I'm... We'll see what the deal with Haynes King is. It's never good when your starting quarterback is watching the second half in a boot. Jimbo Fisher, pretty noncommittal at the end of that on, on what his future is and, and where that's at. It doesn't sound like it's a foregone conclusion that it's bad, but but we'll see. We'll probably find out more about that early this week um, when they obviously are back in, in uh, College Station and, and figuring out what's going on. This is just a team that that is, you know, they're not, again, they're not the Alabama that can bring it every week and and be you know uh, just a death machine every single week. They, they don't do that. Alabama's the only team but that does that. That's the only way. That's the only way you get past Alabama. You have to I, be that. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. But two things. One, they don't have to get past Alabama. They can get in the playoff this year without beating Alabama. That's just they can. If they go eleven and one again, and Alabama is Alabama. The A&M's getting in the playoff. Oh, they're they gonna they're, they're gonna get an over over twelve and one Georgia with a win against Clemson. You think so? Well, they, well, this with is both we of them a, lost to Alabama. This is where we get back into our 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 with Ohio State uh, uh, 
getting knocked down. This is where we get into this is where we get into three team possibilities. Do not give I'm me not- the three teams. <laughs> Do not. Listen. Do listen. not give me the three teams. It's Do not you trust. Happen- okay. Do you trust Oklahoma to navigate a Big Twelve schedule without tripping up? And they're sitting there at one loss. I don't. Do no. you trust Oregon to run the table? I sure as crap don't. I, they're just not as good. They're going to fall well, around. They're going to trip around in the, in the, in the Pac-12 and lose. Well, no. Game. If they can go to Columbus and win without their two best players, they're pretty good. So They're good, but yeah. I don't trust them for 12 games to not have a bad well, game. Of course. And, and, I, and, and the, the history and of it is something nonsense. The last, the last team to go undefeated in the Pac-12 was 2010 Oregon. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't happen very often. Yes. So it, it, it is hard to do. Yeah, I, I think I – think what you're saying makes sense. I will not believe it till I. I do think there's a very real possibility the SEC gets two teams in mm-hmm. if all goes according to chalk. Uh, and look, as far as the playoff goes and playoff expansion, you know, they're going to meet on September 28th. They're going to they're going to stick a pin in playoff expansion and say, "Well, we're going to we're going to reevaluate. We need to make sure that everyone has their say." <laughs> and then when the SEC gets two teams and they're going to be like, "Oh my god, what are we doing? <laughs> we have to expand this thing now." 20 teams, 20 team playoff tomorrow. Uh so anyway, circling back to the Ags. Saturday was really bad. There's not a lot to take from that. But their defense can keep them in some games. The offense has to get has to figure some things out. Uh, that was not great. But I don't think you can gloss over the fact that you did have a a Zach Calzada who was who was really struggling in that first half. I mean, guys are open and he can't get it to them. Then he morphed into something. I, some of these third round throw third down throws he was making in the fourth quarter to keep them alive were unbelievable. Like guys in his face, he's off platform. He's just slinging it. Guys making unbelievable catches. Like they they pulled that one out. But so I think you have to you have to account for all those things. The way that this team plays, their style doesn't they don't just blow teams away. They lose their starting quarterback and this team has a they've had a tendency to not be the most impressive team every time out. And I don't necessarily that think I don't I, think that I'm that sorry. Alabama, you just but. gave a dude a raise to 9 million dollars. <laughs> you don't get to be that anymore. I don't disagree. Now you have I now you have to be the I'm death machine. That's, I'm not panicking. Yet yeah, you are, you are supposed to be a death machine now, and you're not, and that is a problem. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't think the Ags. They're still. They're they're somewhere between playoff caliber and death machine. <laughs> we'll see where where on that like, where on that they fall. But you got to prove it on the field. Um, but I, I just think, you know, there. And we still also don't know how good Colorado is. We'll see. I am not real high on them, but but we'll see. We don't know. First year coaches, all that the, stuff. The Pac, the Pac twelve. Well, he's not a first year coach. It's his second year. So. Well, first real year. <laughs> but Darrell did a. I a threw out good a job. lot of last year, especially in the Pac twelve and Big Ten. Yeah, I and look, I, we don't we don't want to misjudge the Pac twelve. We just saw Oregon go in there and, and beat Ohio State. Uh, you know, Stanford, which lost to K State in the first week, just steamrolled USC. So we don't know how deep that league is. We'll, we'll find out as we go. But again, you, you just gave Jimbo Fisher a raise. You finished in the top five last year. It's time to start doing that stuff. It's, it's time for you to, to put the hammer down in games like that. That, that should not be that hard. If you really aspire to compete for national titles, that game should not have been that hard. I don't disagree with you, but I'm just saying I don't know that it it, it makes me feel like all of the goals the AM has are not possible. Oh, they're, they're all in front of them. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't give me the confidence that they can reach them because look, they got to play that same Arkansas team that that we just finished talking about in a couple weeks. But that's where your line that's coming right up. comes in handy. It does, but I, I think A&M will be okay on the lines. They're so good on the lines that that, that really helps them. We'll A&M, A&M's the defense is going to be It's kind of like Georgia's defense against Clemson. They're going to they're going to keep them in pretty much every game, mm-hmm. except maybe Alabama. But that defense will make them competitive against every single team they play. And so, yeah, it's not as much of a concern. And we'll see, because if Calzada is what he was kind of morphing into in the second half, then maybe it's not anything you need to worry about at all. Maybe it's just he needed to get comfortable, and they're going to be fine. But, 
again, I need to see that. I need to see them blow out teams that they should be blowing out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Well, Andy, on the subject of a team who has uh, had its fair share of blowouts, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in on Anthony Richardson. I got to. I know Dan Mullen. <laughs> he wants to keep playing coy. What, you, you mean because every time he keep he sets foot on <laughs> the field, he does something I, amazing. I've like, never seen anything like this before. Where a guy just can't. Every time he touches the ball, the dude is just dynamite. I I, I don't know how he's doing this. Like I don't care who you're playing. Uh, we crunched the numbers, Andy. Uh, he has touched the ball either running or throwing 22 times this season. Those 22 touches, he turned into 467 yards of offense, four touchdowns. <laughs> Meanwhile, Emory Jones, uh, 419 yards of offense, three touchdowns on, on uh, 72 touches, but four turnovers compared to zero from Mr. Anthony Richardson. Well, so we saw we saw him pull up at the end of the 80-yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. The hammy was not, not straight. It was not good. That probably makes Dan Mullen's decision easier this week about who starts against Alabama. Because I think if Anthony Richardson is completely healthy, you have, you got to work hard to justify starting Emory Jones mm-hmm. against Alabama because you need to start the person who gives you the best chance to win the game. And obviously, you know, they think based on practice that, that Emory's that guy. But if, if an, another guy keeps doing something amazing every time he is on the field, at a certain <laughs> point you just have to – let the person do amazing things on the field. Yeah. And so, but if he's hurt, then maybe you don't. You don't throw him to the wolves. Now, we'll see if Will Anderson can play for Alabama against Florida. That that changes the, the math on that a little bit too. But this is this would be really, really interesting if Anthony Richardson didn't pull up at the end of that run because there would be you know kind of a meltdown, I think, in the swamp when – number five ran out there instead of number 15. But I'm guessing number five is going to run out there. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, based on the situation now, I think that's what's going to happen. But, you know, if Anthony Richardson's not healthy, then then you don't want to play him. If he can go, then you give him a shot at a certain point, you know, and, and if he's doing well, you stick with him. Mm-hmm. So that that's probably where where Dan Mullen is. If, if, he, can, if he can play him, you know, if he feels comfortable playing him and, and, and Anthony Richardson feels comfortable playing and doesn't feel like he's going to do any damage or anything, then maybe he comes in after a few series and if he's got the hot hand, you just leave him in. And then he never comes back out. But then, again, the competition level hasn't been great. We don't know what he's going to do against that level of monster that Alabama's going to throw at him. It may look very different. So... I think that's the thing is is they they've got a limited sample size with him and mm-hmm. you know what they've seen has been pretty awesome but can he do that against that type of team? If he can then by all means and I mean Emory Jones was playing the same competition that Anthony Richardson was. And Anthony Richardson did a lot better. So yeah. This is why I don't buy we'll that. It's just USF, it's just FAU. This is why those arguments don't really yeah. hold weight. Uh, Emory's playing the same guys. Yeah. Now so, I will say at least we'll, we'll it's, see it's, what happens. Go ahead. We we will see what happens because I think the injury changes it a little bit. Yeah, it, you, you've probably got to start Emory Jones if Anthony Richardson has a bad hamstring because his ability to run is is a lot of the reason why you're so scared of him as a passer because 
you know, he could pull it down and go all the way. And so you have to be aware of that at any given time. But if he's got a bad wheel, then maybe he can't do that. Yeah, I think the good, I mean, the bad news for for Dan Mullen is he has to deal with this, which is like, I'm sure, I, annoying is probably not the right word for it, but just, I don't, he, I don't, I don't know that he planned for this, I, I but I think the good he, problem I, I don't think he, he did either, but it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great problem to have. And, yeah, and you the have thing two is, guys, I don't, I don't know, you know, we were, I, I yeah, you've been hiring Emory Jones and I have been all off season. I, I kind of need to see more. I, I wasn't really all in. I felt like, you know, we'll see. But I still felt like he was the guy who could win a bunch of games for you. Good quarterback. Can he is he the guy to take you to the next level? That was kind of my question. Is I, I'm not sure I saw that. Richardson, again, small sample size. We haven't seen that. But that upside, I mean, I see a lot more there. I mean, some of those throws he's making where it's just effortless with people in his face dropping it in the bucket 40 yards downfield. You're just like, good grief, we, man. We know like, we know who he looks like. He looks like a guy who used to play at Florida and and – but the the best year of his career was at a different school. He looks like Cam Newton. That's what he looks like. I mean, physically, that's what he looks like. Arm-wise, that's what he looks like. Speed-wise, that's what he looks like. And that it and again, it's a very small sample size. And I don't I, I, I don't want to build the guy up and then all of a sudden when he's playing better competition, it doesn't look like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But if if he is that special, that's the thing that can vault Florida to where it wants to be because they don't have the roster to compete with Georgia unless they have an extra special quarterback. That changes everything. Yeah. That that makes your roster that much better. Why so, did Florida beat Georgia last year? They were better at quarterback. Just that simple. They 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 exactly. I mean Kyle Pitts helped a little bit, but nah, just just trask. <laughs> <laughs> But no, still, but, but the, the, the point that, is, you have yeah, a guy it, that can make those plays. Yes. Yeah. It 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 closes the talent gap considerably. A special quarterback makes that talent gap much smaller. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and you just have to find out if that's who he is. Guess what? If he's feeling up to it, and he does some of this stuff against Alabama, you've got a special quarterback. Yeah. You're gonna have to go with him. At, uh, and and I would feel bad if if Emory Jones ends up second string because of this but that's just how it goes yeah. like it, if somebody like that comes along and you've got him you have to play him like you can't let that go if whatever it's worth you know if it does get to that point I, I would feel bad for Emory as well he's obviously he's waited he's played you know some some football and and it was sort of his time now but if he does get passed up he's a really good player and I'm sure if he leaves he's gonna have a lot of folks that want to play uh, that won him. So oh, absolutely. I, I mean, he'd, he'd be a I'm starting quarterback in a bunch of places. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I, this is just fascinating to me because, again, it, it's basically what you said. When you have a guy who flashes like this, it, seemingly every time he touches the ball, you got to give him a chance to to see. Well, well, how crazy is this going to be? Because some guys are just that good very quickly. Some guys just are. Uh, and is Anthony Richardson that guy? Well, I hope we get to find out this year, Andy. I, I sense. That we'll get a shot at some point. To well, see him and, and here's the, the here's the thing: if if they can beat Alabama, that would be a season changing win that changes the trajectory of everything. Dare I say, a say program they, changing win? Yeah, yeah. But let's say they don't. Let's say Alabama is favored, comes in, wins, and and that's that's how it goes. You've got Tennessee, Kentucky, Vandy, LSU before you play Georgia. Mm-hmm. You can win all of those games with your quarterback. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think both guys so, can win all those games. But if one of those guys is special, then you you play him and he gets ready to face Georgia in a game that could determine the East. And yeah. I I just I just think you've got to make that decision probably Tennessee week. I think that, that that's sort of the, the tension is that you know, you ha- you you have you have a guy right now in Anthony Richardson that's doing stuff. I have not seen this. Does it? I mean, I, can you remember anybody really doing this over the course of two Cam. games where we hadn't released? That's I, what Cam did. Well, no, it took, but not to it this took level. Cam, it took Cam a minute to get started because he he had that Thursday night game against Mississippi State, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's not very good." Well, it turns out that Mississippi State defense had like eight <laughs> pros on it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I remember that. That's why game, it yeah. was hard for that. That's why it was hard for him to to move the ball on them. But once once they figured out what they had with Cam and how to use him, he was mm-hmm. unstoppable. And that's exactly what Richardson has looked like so far. Now, granted, Cam did it against LSU and against Alabama and against you know basically everybody he saw, mm-hmm. and so that's that's what makes it a little bit different story is this has not been against that level of competition. It's been against FAU and it's been against USF. Yeah. But again, if he can do this against Alabama, well, there's no question he can do it against anybody, but let's say he can't or, or he struggles or uh, he's you know his hamstrings still, still tight and he can't really go. You can do it against Tennessee. You may need to do it against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's pretty good. We'll like Will Levis and and Liam Cohen and all those those guys have come in and you know I, I look at what they were doing with Wandale Robinson on Saturday night. Uh, granted, Kentucky's defense probably isn't as good as it's been in, in the last few years, but its offense is uh, is quite fun. Mm-hmm. And Missouri put up a hell of a fight, but Kentucky stuck it out, and that was sort of the pecking order game for that part of the SEC East. And then when Kentucky and Florida play, it'll be for that next spot in the SEC East, and if you're Florida, that you better put your best team on the field at that point. Yes, Kentucky can beat Florida absolutely, uh, but I think that that's the question with with, with Anthony Richardson. You might have something special, but you don't know. And the more that you're giving him five to ten touches a game, you you know, and he keeps doing stuff, you got to let that number grow. But we'll see. Elsewhere in the SEC East, uh, another quarterback controversy. Uh, this one not not as not as attractive, I would say. Uh, Tennessee trying to make things work. Did, Joe Milton just struggled uh, early on. He had a nice little run, but but they were they were scheming guys open deep down the field. Pitt wanted to stack the box. They wanted to play man on the outside, and guess what? Tennessee's got some really fast receivers that were getting over the top, and Joe Milton was overthrowing them sometimes by sizable margins. I have not seen that. It was like six. It was at least six in less than a half. Uh, of balls that he had open receivers and he was overthrowing it. He eventually hurts his knee, and we see Hendon Hooker step in instead of uh, Harrison Bailey. Hendon Hooker, 15-21, 188 yards, two scores and a pick. Runs for 49 yards. They don't get it done against Pitt, but now he's got a decision of his own. He was sort of noncommittal about uh, Joe Milton's injury, which he said he he pulled him based on health, not on performance, which... uh, We'll see uh, if, if that was the right call. But if you're Tennessee, I mean, how, how much how much longer do you sort of let Joe Milton keep trying to find his rhythm down the field before you say, okay, Hooker's moving us a little bit more consistently? I mean, they got, they don't have one this week. They've got an FCS team in Tennessee Tech, but you've got to figure that out before you, 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 you face Florida. Yeah, and the thing is, if – if Milton's still overthrowing people or struggling against Tennessee Tech, mm-hmm. then you'd probably go with Hooker. You want you want Hooker to take better, maybe a little bit better care of the ball, but other than that, he was moving them down the field. He gave them a chance to win the game against Pitt, and Pitt's not mm-hmm. bad. Pitt's a yeah. pretty good team. So I, I take the guy who moves moves the team. Take the I, Hooker strikes me as a tougher defend a quarterback who'd be tougher to defend. Because he can run, it's and, it's sort of complicated. I think because because Tennessee, I I don't I, Tennessee's ceiling. I think is a lot higher with Joe Milton. I think he can make them into something really really great. But if he can't do the basic things you got to do, namely hit open receivers, right. that's yeah, a if problem. He's open receivers, it doesn't it doesn't help you. It's, exactly, you can have all the arm in the world and it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. this, I, I just go back to the Russell Wilson, Mike Glennon example. Mike Glennon is exactly what an NFL scout dreams of in a quarterback height wise arm wise like the ball sizzles coming out of his hand Russell Wilson is a better football player mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is better at actually playing football at the end of the day you have to choose the guy who's better at actually playing football and yep. that may be Hinton Hooker in this case I think we'll see uh, I, I it, it's surprising because like I said I, I think 
if you're Tennessee, you want Joe Milton to be great. I think he has all these tools that can make you into something special that Hooker doesn't really wow you. Uh, he came to play for the previous staff. It felt like he was a little bit of a forgotten man. You have Harrison Bailey who you know, comes in as a, a high four-star that people are, are all about, and he ends last season as a starter. Hooker comes in. Everybody else, you know, leaves. A bunch of people, folks leave, and then you have the the spring. The, the staff doesn't seem that impressed. They add Milton, and for Hooker to be here, locking down that number two spot, we haven't seen Harrison Bailey yet this season. So, uh, you know, I, they're opening it up. Josh Heupel opening it up this uh, this uh, week in practice. We'll see where it goes, uh, but they got to figure that out next week. Tennessee Tech, uh, Andy. We we talked about Kentucky earlier. I think if you have not watched Kentucky, if you've only watched the highlights of Kentucky, you might think that this is a totally different offense. And in some ways it is. But they still do the things that make them great. I don't think people realize with all the highlights that they had a 200-yard rusher against against Missouri. Oh, Chris, Chris Rodriguez, Chris Rodriguez is, awesome. is still and, hauling. He's still hauling. And he and he lets you he and that line lets you control which Look, they had to control that game. Their defense yeah. did not give them as Very good of a chance as it should have. Very yeah. concerning. And, and, and look, right Connor Basilak is a really good quarterback. I think mm-hmm. maybe when all is said and done, Connor Basilak of, of these – we'll see what happens with Anthony, Anthony Richardson. But Connor Basilak is probably going to be one of the more sought-after draft guys – among the current SEC Am I crazy or did it feel like he grew like two or three inches from last season? I, I like he, said the same well, thing. Like, what like, is this happening? Dude is Maybe it's huge the number. Yeah. I couldn't like yeah. last year I kind of remembered him as like not squatty but like not like a hulking guy. And then all of a He's sudden I'm huge. watching this thing, I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, like what yeah. is happening with this dude? Like I I didn't know if I was going crazy or what. I, I don't know. Maybe no, you were, you were not the only person. I said the same thing. I was watching that game. I was like, when did he get massive? Yeah, because I don't he is big. <laughs> but yeah, I think Missouri, you know, a pretty good team. I just think they don't, they're just not as good as Kentucky. I, I, how good Kentucky can be, I don't really know. But I know that they can beat just about everybody south of Alabama. I, I feel pretty confident. I don't think that. they can beat Georgia. I do. I do think they can beat Georgia. I'm not as high on Georgia as you are, as you are, Andy. Uh, I'm just not. Um, I think Georgia's going to win the national title, so you probably well, you can't go. be as high as me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I, ultimately what this team did is they added the capability to be something else while sort of keeping their identity. They still want to run you over. They still want to lean in behind that offensive line. Um, but Will Levis, you know, when he gets some opportunities, he only threw the ball 18 times through the night. Andy against against Missouri, they wanted to control yeah, the scrimmage, and they did that. And and the thing is, he he's a good runner himself. Yeah, and you have to what that does when you, game. Yeah, yeah. When you when you have a, a a really good line, a great back like Rodriguez, and then a quarterback who can run the ball, it makes for very efficient passing stats. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the Marcus Lattimore Connor Shaw situation. You know, Connor Shaw was throwing to wide open receivers because when he put the ball in Marcus Lattimore's belly, you're terrified. You don't know which of them is going to take it or is he going to pull it and throw. And uh, that's that's where defenses are facing Kentucky right now. Mm -hmm. We looked up the numbers. Only four quarterbacks this year in all of college football have more completions longer than 30 yards than Will Levis does with six. Four of those went to Wondell Robinson and uh, only one receiver. Uh, Texas X, Eric, uh, is, is it Conma? You're going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to have to, we'll, we'll get the one, one true pod guys. We'll on have to get the pronunciation me. guide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has more this year. And like you said, it's efficiency. They're not throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game. They're not going to do that this year. Um, uh, but the ability to do that, it just changes everything for Kentucky. They felt like they had such a low seal. Like they were fun to watch cause they would suffocate teams last year. And if they got on top of you. You just could not climb back back over them, but this is just, it. Just changes everything for them, and it raises their ceiling significantly. And I'm intrigued to see because they they're gonna mess some people up this year. I don't know that they're a 10, 11 win team. I don't know that that's Kentucky, but you you don't want to play them. Uh, and, and you know there might be a stinker, a clunker around uh, with Kentucky. You know we haven't really seen that uh, side of them just yet, but they're they're with the potential that they have. And what they can do, I mean, they're they're really fun and really really dangerous. I would agree, 
now we've just got to can they can they get a little bit better on defense? Maybe get back to where they were on defense. If 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 you if Kentucky's yeah, where they were on early. defense the last two years with this offense, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. Now you said you think they can beat Georgia. I'm not sure they can. I, I thought Georgia was really impressive on Saturday, uh, starting Stetson Bennett, which was interesting because you know everybody kept saying, well, there's a there's a chance it's going to be Beck, and I think Beck's kind of Beck's private quarterback coach came out and said, oh yeah, he's starting. I'm wondering if Kirby's like, eh, no. Man, no, we can't have that. Yeah. We're starting a mailman. We're playing and UAB this week. Look, I think we got this. Yeah. Listen, UAB is not a a fifty six to seven losing no. kind of team. I thought it was gonna be really low. I thought it was gonna be like a twenty four like six sort of game. I thought it for them to hit some of those big plays. I, I was really really surprised. But props to Stetson. Bennett. So, so here is the thing: what happens when it's J T Daniels is back, and then. Don Blaylock's back, and then Kyrus Jackson is completely healthy, and maybe George Pickens is back. Like that defense is not changing. Mm-hmm. That that becomes a very formidable task for anyone, including Alabama. I agree with you. The potential is high. You just got to do it every week. You got to show up every game. And Georgia, I just don't trust them in the same way. Uh, I I think their ceiling well, they they have they haven't earned your trust exactly. There, their ceiling is not them. yeah. Their ceiling is not that far from Alabama's. I really don't think it's that far. But Alabama ceiling is the same as Alabama's. I don't know. Alabama has a higher ceiling. I totally disagree with you on this. I think I I think Bryce Young's a better player than J T Daniels. They don't have quite the same number of weapons, but I think their defense is just as good. But I think Bryce Young gives them the difference. Uh, I don't and and again. Alabama doesn't doesn't have clunkers. Alabama doesn't come out and and no. And, Alabama and beats the living crap out of everyone. It seems like they hit the their ceiling almost every game. It's it's insane. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm really excited. I mean, obviously, you know, if we get that Georgia Bama game, it's going to be a good. One. It's going to be a good one. I uh, I am looking forward to it. But I'm not sure anybody had a better Saturday than Stetson Bennett. Like I, you just there was a, some booing when they introduced him. I I think. Would you be? Would you say it's fair to say that a lot of fans would probably blame Stetson Bennett for for Georgia underachieving last year? Yes, and that's completely unfair because totally he was never supposed to be put in that situation. Yes, and Jamie Newman was supposed to be starting quarterback, and and he bailed. So boo him. I, that, you, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't put that on Stetson Bennett. I mean, he he was there. He did the best he could. Had had you in the lead at Alabama at halftime. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like he was terrible. It's yeah. just that. His ceiling is lower than than JT Daniels' ceiling, and that's fine. That defense makes up for an awful lot on the other side of the ball, so you don't have to be perfect over there. It's just that to get where you want to go, and and look, we talked about Anthony Richardson before. Let's say he is that special player that we said he might be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when that's when you have to be Georgia at your optimum level when you play Florida. Like you, you got to get there. And so the fact that they had this offensive explosion under Bennett, I think gives me confidence that when a healthy Daniels comes back, that they are going to keep evolving offensively and, and they are going to have games where they, they can blow people out because that's been the problem with Georgia is they could only beat you one way before mm-hmm. Alabama can beat you every way. That's what and makes they do Alabama beat so everyone every way yeah. most weeks. <laughs> right. Right. Any, any way, but, but also you could try to drag Alabama into a certain kind of game. They'll beat you at that game. Mm-hmm. Georgia, if they can't drag you into their type of game before this, if they couldn't drag you into that type of game, they were in trouble because they, they just didn't they, – they, they couldn't adapt. And now it seems like they may have a little more adaptability. And if that's true, if they can win a game 45-42 to 42, or also win a game – 24 to 17 that's the kind of team that can win a national title mm-hmm. i agree andy a trivia question for both you and our illustrious listeners who have just incredible taste in podcasts do you know who the number one scoring offense in america is right now andy would it be the Ole Miss rebels it would not be 
It'd be no. the Auburn Tigers, Andy. Oh, Auburn that's Tigers. right, the Auburn Tigers. Do you know who the number one scoring uh, defense in the country is right now? The Auburn Tigers. It's the Auburn Tigers, Andy. Five points a game <laughs> coming off of a shutout. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Uh, they have not played anyone yet. We're well aware of and this. They play, and they play someone now. They got someone this week. They got game day. They got Penn State. I believe, am I crazy? Is this the whiteout? Is this the whiteout game that they're this walking is, this into? This is the whiteout game, absolutely. Yes. And, and and you've got a Penn State team that has beaten Wisconsin already, so mm-hmm. they already have this type of game under their belt. And I'm excited to see this because yeah. I don't I don't like Auburn in this game, but I, I want to see it. They can win this game, and I think there was so there was so much um, uh, people were not really. All in on this Brian Harson hire. There's a lot of raised eyebrows, a lot of fit questions, and I tell you what, Andy, you know what makes us go away in a hurry? Go go win Winning. a ball game like this. <laughs> go win a ball game like this, and people will shut up and they'll be like, "Oh, you know what? He fits in there just fine, Andy. You know why? Because winners fit everywhere. That's 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 exactly that's what right. I, that's what I hear. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know what to make of this Auburn team. They've looked pretty good. It's you know, they had a, uh, a couple defensive scores against uh, Alabama State. They, it was fine. It was whatever. Con- consider um, the competition, though. That's it. I know. We, we have I know. not seen anything yet from them. I don't know what to make of them yet. Bo Nix looks more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, consider the competition. But we'll find out. Because Penn State, when they played Wisconsin, they were getting after Graham Mertz. They're going to get after Bo Nix a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... How does he handle that? Because in the past, he has not handled that very well. But if he can, if he's poised in the pocket, if he, he gets the ball out on schedule, there's no reason Auburn can't go up there and win that game. No reason at all. I want somebody on Auburn's practice field to just have a giant, super loud air horn, and every single time Bo Nix throws off his back foot, they just hammer it. <laughs> Stop throwing off your back foot, Bo. Step into the throw. Step into the throw. Step into the throw. Every time he throws off the back Mike foot. Mike Bobo might try that. I, th- I, think that. I think Mike Bobo might take that idea. I it's think not a bad idea. He'll appreciate that. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, give, give Bobo the air horn. He just stands there and every, right behind him, <laughs> maybe right next to his ear. <laughs> If he, if he throws off his back, <laughs> I'm just really, I mean, this is the thing. Like, you think you know a lot of things coming into the season, and you just don't know. I think I knew that I did not have really high expectations for Auburn, and maybe, maybe, maybe we're right. We'll see. But these are the games that reveal it. And it, I, I really do look at every football season kind of like a mosaic in that, Early in the season, there's all these these results that don't make sense. You're like, well, how can that happen? They're ranked here or whatever. By the end of the season, when you zoom out, they almost always make sense. They almost always, yeah. the results well, and, and in, in picture. People, people need sense. to understand the rankings. Like, people get so upset over preseason rankings or early season rankings. They don't matter, Understand <laughs> they are for entertainment purposes only. Literally. And I know everybody thinks, everybody thinks that, that what – it's set in stone and nothing ever changes, but I've covered this sport a long time. The rankings change based on the results. If you don't like them this week, they'll be different next week. So don't worry about it. And with Auburn, we don't know what they are. We will, we probably still won't know what they are after they play Penn state. We probably will have a much better idea what they are after they play LSU because they'll play Penn state and LSU. Are they the biggest mystery in the SEC right now? And the combination of having yes. a first-year coach, and I'm trying to think, everyone else has kind of been tested. They're the only team that really hasn't Florida seen hasn't. anything. Yeah, I guess that's true. We kind of know who Florida is, but you're probably right. Um, it's I'm just fascinated to see it. Um, what does Auburn have? We'll find out. I mean, I don't think you could learn on a bigger stage. Um, you know, Beaver Stadium, Happy Valley, Whiteout, Game Day. Welcome to the SEC. And also kind of welcome Think to the, about it, none of, welcome none to the of Power that's 5, bother, Yeah, None of that's going to bother Auburn players, though. That's no. what, oh, it's a whiteout. Okay, I've been to whiteout at Penn State. It's really cool, but it's it's not any louder than than a night game at LSU or mm-hmm. an Iron Bowl at either at Auburn or Alabama or a game at Sanford Stadium. Like, it's loud. But Auburn players have dealt with worse. You know, mm-hmm. they've been to this. They were in the swamp two years ago. That it was allowed. Like none of this will intimidate them. 
the only thing that they need to worry about is the very good other team on the field. Yeah, that's probably about right. Uh, Andy, before we go, you've uh, you've made some some travels the last few weeks. Any meals we need to hear about other than the banana? I've you, you house the banana. The the twist ending. I was not prepared for it. Have you eaten another banana with a peel since the one that you were contractually required to consume? Well, I I ate another one on that podcast, <laughs> and then and then walked outside, and and my kids were saying, you know, we heard you. It sounded like you liked it. I was like, yeah. And then I grabbed one and ate one in front of them just to show. Them. So three down. So three down. Yeah, it's I. It's good. It really is. I must say, I'm really legit intrigued now the problem that we run into is i do not eat bananas in my daily life really ever so i'd have see, to so i I'd do have to i like out. bananas a lot yeah see that i just don't really eat them i don't dislike them but i just don't ever make a habit of like having them around the house to eat if i was making a fruit power rankings i'm not sure bananas would make my top 10 but i can eat them but i you got me intrigued i must say uh do you it, you have to is you, a, you, how is a more you the outside I probably didn't. I don't care. Like I have a cockroach <laughs> immune system, so I don't worry about that stuff. Like I eat stuff off the floor. There's no. There's a five second rule for everybody else in my house, but for me, it's like you know five hours. That sounds right. That sounds about right. Well, I'm not going to commit to doing it, but you've got me intrigued. The problem is there are not a lot of situations in my daily life in which I am presented with bananas in front of me, and making a, making a special trip to just. I mean. Can you even buy one banana at the store? Is that a thing you can do? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Because they're just weighing it. It's you buy it by the pound. They they type in the little number for for a banana and you <laughs> pay your twenty nine cents and there you go. So all right. Well, that's I, a, I, maybe. I have had some better meals than the banana though. Uh, so on Saturday, <laughs> I went to Blood Brothers Barbecue in Houston. It is spectacular. So they do they do specials every day here where basically the. Blood Brothers refers to the three guys who founded it, and they're not actually, you know, biologically related. They're just best friends from way back. All of them come from different ethnic backgrounds, and so their their families cooked differently growing up, and they've thrown all of this in together. And so there each day kind of has British a sausage. Are we throwing some blood sausage no, in the mix? No, no, no bangers and mash. No, no. <laughs> But so Saturday is is the more Korean day, and Ooh. so they had uh, they had Korean pork belly burn ends. Oh my! With gosh. kind of a big Korean like a, food like a fan hot, over here. Yeah, like a hot sweet sauce on there. Oh my! Gosh. It was it was outstanding, and then they also had a, a sandwich, and this did not fit the theme. But this is a sandwich that they sell on Saturdays called the Terry O'Toole, and it's. Jalapeno maple bourbon bacon Goodness. with smoked turkey on a pretzel roll. Now that's a com. That's quite a combo. I'm usually not a oh, turkey guy in general. My wife, big turkey, big turkey the, person. The, the smoked turkey. These these are giant thick slices of smoked turkey. This is not mm-hmm. cold cuts. Mm-hmm. And and but that wasn't the best. Was beef rib. They do beef rib on Saturday. Nothing mm. nothing fancy about this. Salt pepper rub, perfectly smoked beef rib. It's it, it is gourmet food. You know, if you at a white tablecloth restaurant, you order short ribs, you're paying you know fifty bucks for the the entree, twenty six bucks a pound for beef rib. You got to pay for that long bone, but it's okay. It's well yeah. worth it. This was a spectacular beef rib. Well noted, Blood Brothers Barbecue. The next time I'm in Houston, I got to hit it up. Uh, Andy, think that'll do it for this week's football and grits. Big ball game this weekend. Uh, we'll see. We'll learn a lot about Auburn. Pretty fantastic Saturday of ball games. I'm very excited. This season has been super fun already. High quality of play. Lots of storylines. Uh, I can't wait. We'll be here chatting about it next week. Whatever we learn about Auburn on Saturday, we're going to talk about it on next week's Football and Grits. For Andy Staples, my co-host, I am your host, David Ubbin. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Every Monday, subscribe to the feed if you haven't already. Have it delivered directly to your device. We'll see you again on Monday for more football and grits, talking about the SEC on the Athletics Podcast Network. Thank you. Thank you.